Life Audio. One of the common expressions you hear in Christian circles is that we live in this world and not of this world. But what does that practically mean? And how can we articulate how to live in this world when we aren't of this world? And so today we're going to take a look at that very concept. And I love this psalm because it reminds us that despite the chaos that may be going on around us in the world, we can lean into this protection and refuge that we have because of God and who he is. So I pray that today's episode is a blessing for you. After a quick word from our sponsor, we'll dive into today's episode. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are reading through Psalm 61, and unless I say otherwise, I am reading from the NIV, the New International Version, starting at verse 1. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you, I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then will I ever sing praise to your name and fulfill my vows day after day. Have you ever felt kind of off living in this world as a believer. I don't know about you, but that happens to me a lot. And there's this common expression that always goes through my mind where it talks about how we are to live in the world, but not of the world. And it's almost as if we're resident aliens living in a place that is not our home. Because that's the truth of the matter. As believers, heaven is our home. And so what happens is, as we experience things in this lifetime that are contrary to God's original created order, and it feels like this tension that's in us because we know intuitively that this is just not how things are supposed to be, especially when we're facing things like brokenness and, and um, the news cycle and all the chaos that this world brings. So Psalm 61 is another lament psalm. It's an individual lament. And we as the reader are not given exact insight into what the problem is, except 
evidently, like it has happened for some of the other Psalms, like Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, we know that it's related to a foe. In 61, it talks about the foe, meaning like, like an enemy. And so there's this beautiful prayer that happens on the king's behalf, and that is such a good and powerful example for us. Now we're reading Psalm 61 after just having read Psalm 60, and of course tomorrow we'll read Psalm 62. But in this place, one of the themes that we see in all three of those is it's talking about the faithful who fear God. And so in in tomorrow's uh, passage, what we'll talk about is how the psalmist calls God his rock. And in the same sense, in 61, God is called the refuge. And those are some common terms, and, and it may just be coincidental, but, but many scholars of the book of Psalms feel like that is a connection between these three psalms. That's important because when we're looking at these within the context of each other, there's a connection both geographically when we were talking about the different areas of um, that that were mentioned in the other psalm that were a reminder of God's faithfulness when God had promised the, that area of land as part of the covenant. So we want to keep that reminder geographically that God is still there. And then also metaphorically, because this is a psalm that is prayed by somebody who feels distant from God. And I think that is a common experience that a lot of us have felt from time to time where there's a difference between what we know and what we feel. For sure, we know that God is present, God is near, but sometimes we don't feel like God is present and God is near. And and that's not a situation that is unique to us as humans. As part of, That's part of humanity. It's part of this fallen world that we live in. Even David, all the way back when these Psalms were written, was feeling that. So we can identify with that emotion that is found there in the Psalm. There's two parts to this psalm that we can see if you look at the structure. And so the beginning part is this lament and intercessory prayer where there's a prayer for safety. And then in verses three and four, there's a confession of the faith. And then there's a testimony and an intercession and then a testimony of answered prayer and then a prayer for the king and then a promise to fulfill the vows. And while it may feel awkward or weird to us for a prayer for the king to kind of just be in the middle of this this psalm. That was a really common occurrence in the ancient Mesopotamian world where there would be spontaneous prayers for the king. And so that might feel weird for us, but if you think about the original context when they would have been reading this for the first time or who he would have been writing this to or, or the areas that they would have been praying this together, that was a really common occurrence where it was an expression of ancient Israel's unity. And, and that unity is almost a personality that Israel takes on where there's co constant um, forward thinking towards the king and to the leader. And that's interesting because it's not always like that. If you remember, Israel at one point, they didn't want a king at all. And that's why they went through all the issues that they went through. But at this point in history, the the aspects and the relief from having a king, a good king, is something that's always on their minds. I think that's an important aspect for those of us that work for Christian leaders. Um, while it might feel a little bit different for us, and we don't have a king per se, we do have Christian leaders over us. And I think that's just a great example of how we can pray for protection and wisdom and discernment for those that God has given authority over us in our lives. 
a couple things I want to point out. So in verse one, when it says, hear my cry, O God, that word cry is a synonym for the word prayer. And we see that in Solomon's prayer in first Kings, and it's a common way to begin a lament, but that was significant for me because I didn't realize that because sometimes I'm not crying. Sometimes I'm just complaining or sometimes I'm just telling God how I feel. And so that beginning portion, it's not just hear my cry, but it's also hear my prayer. It can be used synonymously. And then the passion we hear in verse two, when it talks about from the ends of the earth, I call as my heart grows faint, lead me to the rock. So that's a phrase from the ends of the earth that obviously means the remotest parts of the earth. But the verb there that's translated as grows faint, it's used to describe the fainting that is caused by either emotional distress or physical fatigue or when death is near. And it symbolizes weakness. And so it's translated as grows weak or even like it's it's almost like the feeling you get when life is kind of just drifting away. And so the psalmist is using the rock talking about the refuge and and there may be some battlefield imagery going on here too. But what he's doing is he is talking about being in a place of safety from danger, whether that is emotional, physical, or even, you know, a life and death situation. That's something that I think is important to point out. And again, he mentions the, the name of Yahweh being a strong tower. We've talked about that in the past a couple of Psalms. Um, but that imagery of the strong tower is just this image of God is being the safe place where he can run. And then in verse four, where it says, I long to dwell in your tent forever. And it talks about being in the shelter of your wings. That's a verb, a gur is, I think that's how pronounced, how it's pronounced. It means to dwell. And so it's kind of nuanced of maybe like dwelling in a foreign land. So like we talked about the onset, an alien, a foreign alien living in a foreign land. Let's stop here and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue discussing the rest of this episode. Stay tuned. That's similar to how we feel as believers when we're trying to make decisions based on God's kingdom and not the kingdom of the world that that we see around us. And so this phrase where it's talking about being in the shelter of your wings, it's talking about um, literally a bird sheltering its young babies underneath its wings. But that word shelter is also synonym with the word shadow. And so being covered by God brings such relief to us. I don't know if you've ever been in another country, but um, I, I travel and I work around the globe and it's especially difficult in countries that don't speak English because I don't speak all the languages of all the places we go. And even if we did, there are different tribal languages that are spoken even within those countries. And so I've tried, it's not that I haven't tried, but it, there's just so many nuances of that. And it can feel very unsettling when you don't speak the language and you you know, you might say, okay, Google translate or whatever, but that often does a poor job or just where we work, we don't have, you know, there's no internet. It's not like you can just pull up your translator app. And so there's an uncertainty that, that happens when you are in a foreign land and you don't a hundred percent understand what's going on around you. And then you have a translator. This is what I always think of when you have a translator that understands not just the language, but the culture that can translate that for you. It makes a hundred percent difference. And it's almost the feeling that we get when we talk about being in the shadow of the wing or under the protection 
um, of God's protection. That's how God longs to protect us. And there's a protection there. You know, there's been a lot of times where I have thought I understood something in another country. And then one of my translators or one of my, you know, staff will say, no, 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 no. And their protection is what has kept me safe in a foreign land. And there's even been times, there was one time I was working in an East African country and we were down in the market and I was just haggling, which they, it's not rude there. Like that's part of their culture, but I was haggling over something I wanted to buy down in the market and I didn't realize it. But at the time, um, a guy had come up on a motorcycle behind me and he was getting ready to snatch me. And I didn't know it until, um, one of our translators, he stepped in and he stood in, in between me and this guy on the motorcycle and he started yelling at him and, in. in um, their language. And I had no clue what was even going on. And so because I was in his shadow, because he was keeping an eye on me, because he had a presence around me, there was a protection there that I didn't even know that I needed. And I think that's a powerful example of how God longs to be that protective shadow for us. Um, but the problem is that sometimes we run out from underneath the shadow. Sometimes we want to be in full fledged sun and we don't, we don't want to be in the shadow. But I think that is the takeaway. One of the takeaways from this passage of scripture is that he longs to be that, that presence, that protective presence in our lives. And I think this Psalm addresses that in, in a couple different ways. I mean, this verb to dwell that it's talking about, um, yes, it's talking about like kind of like a resident alien or a resident foreigner or even a traveler, but it also includes people that have been settled and, and living in that adopted country for quite some time. And maybe that was a result of privileges, um, but they wouldn't, weren't full citizens. And so Abraham, as an example, was a resident alien in Hebron and Moses at the beginning of Exodus was a resident alien in Midian. He was a foreigner accepted there, lived there, but he was a foreigner. Um, Elimelech in Moab that we see in Ruth and even the Israelites in Egypt. And so on one hand, we see this desire to dwell in God's house. And, and that sounds a lot like some of the other Psalms that we've read, but what we're getting after is a more permanent dwelling. And, the the Israelites, as they were in Egypt, and then as they were wandering, one of the things that was heavy on their hearts was they wanted to get to a place that would have been a permanent dwelling. And it took a whole lifetime for them to even get to that place. But in the middle of that, even though they did not feel like they had this permanent dwelling, there was a refuge by God's spirit. That, that protected them in a way that was, was permanent. And I think about that in, in times where we are facing the news and the culture of the world is living contrary to God's standard. And it feels so foreign. Like even my kids, they go to a Christian school and they have friends that, that don't go to Christian school. And there's even a difference there with the way that things are handled. Um, and, and we have great schools around us. I'm not, I'm not dogging the schools, but just the culture around us. Um, it seems it's so contrary to God's standard that it's been normalized. And so there's a lot of conversations in our house about living under the protection and the refuge of God's spirit and what that looks like in a world that is not living for him. And I'm so thankful that we can run to God, that we do have this opportunity to live under his shadow and his protection, even in the midst of everything that's going on in our world today.
So given that insight, I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 61 again from the beginning. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you, I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then will I ever sing praise to your name and fulfill my vows day after day. Father God, I pray that you would help us to recognize that you long to be the shelter for us as aliens living in this world and the reality of the tension that we feel as believers living in a, in a home that was not created for us. Essentially, this is a fallen world and our home that we long for, just like the Israelites long for that permanent dwelling, we long for our permanent dwelling in heaven with you. So God, I pray that in, in this tension that is not going away because we live in a world that we were not created for, God, help us to recognize your hand, your hand of protection, your help, your hand of refuge, your hand of citizenship when we are feeling like lost foreigners in a foreign world. Lord, I thank you that there's nowhere we can go that you are not with us. There's not a single space on this planet or outside of this planet that we could go that you are not with us. So we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you choose to pursue us in relationship. I pray for my friends today as they go about their day that they would recognize your hand of protection on their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, 
I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.